It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. Good Friday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. I, <laughs> it's uh, it's good to be at Friday. Uh, it's always good to be on Friday. It's not payday Friday, or at least not for me. If it is for you, congratulations. But um, always good to get to a Friday. Uh, always good because you know you got the weekend to look forward to. You know you got all the, the good things that come with hopefully a two-day weekend. I hope you, you don't have to get in there uh, this weekend. But uh, football's upon us. Uh, talk about high school football's been going on for some time. Uh, but last night we saw some college football, a couple games there uh, in the college ranks. And, man, it just uh, – I don't know. It's it's inching ever closer uh, to having a normal feel. And, and you know, I understand – excuse me excuse me i understand that that normal is relative right what it what has been uh the last few months uh we may never find a true normal i got a tickle in my throat hold on just a second sometimes you just need a drink but anyway normal is relative and uh and as what we're coining I guess as the start of college football, uh, we saw last night uh, Central Arkansas UAB took the took the gridiron, and then South Alabama Southern Miss uh, also got on on the turf. So it was nice to see a little football. It was nice to see some real real hitting, uh, and it was nice to to be able to watch something that looked legit. I'll be honest at the Southern Miss game because it was in in Mississippi. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of social distancing. Uh, in the stands, they had fans in the stands, and they were they were getting after it. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, the UAB crowd and uh, and uh, and Southern Miss and South Alabama, uh, they put on a good little show uh, there last night. It was uh, it was one that that all the all the the game wasn't exciting, uh, but it was good to see uh, football uh, back on the field. Cam Newton is uh, is named the starter and a captain in New England. Uh, I don't know that that surprises me so much, but it does surprise me uh, that it was this quick. You know, honestly, I, I thought Bill Belichick would keep it close to the cuff, uh, would do things a little bit differently, and then, of course, um, unveil it there, there closer to game week. So there must have been a, a pretty staunch differentiation uh, between Stidham and Cam Newton. Uh, Newton must have been working hard because uh, I just don't see – uh, Belichick being a uh, a show pony kind of guy, I mean you can look at that by his uh, by his wardrobe. Uh, when you look at it though, uh, Cam Newton's a captain in in New England. Uh, the Celtics get stunned last night by the Raptors. Uh, Major League Baseball on the uh, on the the day of the death, uh, the day following the death of uh, of Tom Seaver, um, the Mets knock down the Yankees in 10th inning walk-off fashion. So 
a, a pretty good day of sports as far as storylines, as far as something to talk about. Uh, but then today is a whole new ball of wax. As high school football gets back underway, uh, last night had a couple games, one that was very, very interesting uh, right down to the end. And then tonight we'll have a whole nother dose of good football uh, to be shared in the area. We'll talk about that later on in the show, but kind of want to open up with the uh, the the kind of shock factor from a day ago. We'll start with Cam Newton because it was it was I guess older news uh, than the Raptors game. But Cam Newton is is named a starter and a captain in New England, and and really sounds like this is a very very decided decision. Like this is not something that. Uh, they really had to think a whole lot about. Um, he was very much the the guy uh, out of Foxborough. Cam Newton uh, is named. This is again a, a story uh, from Mike Reese. Uh, it says Cam Newton wasn't just named New England Patriots starter on Thursday. He's also been elected a team captain, uh, filling the void created by Tom Brady. Uh, Coach Belichick told players that Newton would officially be the team starter in a meeting on Thursday. And then the Boston Globe knocked down that story just shortly thereafter. Uh, the, Coach Bill Belichick uh, said after the, the vote, uh, after Newton was voted one of three offensive captains as part of the player vote, it's extremely rare for the Patriots to elect a player in their first year with the team. He said the other offensive captains are James White and center David Andrews. They've got their, their captains out on uh, on social media it says newton's captaincy uh, reflects how quickly he made an impact after initially agreeing to join the patriots on june the 28th and officially signing that contract on july the 8th uh, things decisively turned in newton's direction after the fourth day of training camp when fourth round pick uh, jared stidham went to a boston hospital for test on his leg the test came back negative but it opened the door for Newton to take more reps uh, than previous, they had been splitting evenly, uh, but Stidham and veteran Brian Hoyer uh, got less reps, and Newton Newton kind of took advantage there. Newton never looked back. In an interview with NFL Radio on Monday, Belichick lauded Newton, said, I can see why he had the kind of success that he had at Auburn and at Carolina. In talking to people that were with him uh, there, uh, the things they said about him at Auburn and Carolina from a decade or two ago um, three years ago or even last year, it was all the same. It showed up here. He said he's an extremely hard worker. Nobody works harder than Cam. Uh, he's here early. He stays late. Uh, some players like to work on things they're good at. Like if you're strong on bench press, then you, then you keep throwing more weight on the bench. But Cam's the type of player that works on things he's not so good at and really tries to improve on a daily basis. That's something I respect uh, a lot about Cam. Belichick also noted Newton's energetic approach and the effect that he's had on the team. Uh, he's a great personality, gets along with everybody. He's very social and has a great presence. Uh, whether it's a small room or a couple people uh, or in a bigger group, he said he's highly competitive. Uh, he's always wanted to do this, do the, do his best and do better than the guy he's competing against. Everybody is competitive, but I think there are different degrees of it. Uh, based on what I've seen, I've put him in the top echelon of that category, and his co competition extends way beyond the football field. It's off the field. It's in meetings. It's training, so on and so forth. It's important to him to be the first guy up the hill when he, when we run sprints 
and it's important to him to be the first in everything he competes in. He said, you see the effort, the amount of energy he puts in, and there are some of the things that, that have jumped all out in the month or so that, that we've seen him in person. So here's the deal. Cam uh, Newton is, is going from, uh, I would say, a fractured relationship in Carolina. Honestly, uh, it's kind of that situation like the first time you find out, you know, hey, uh, things may not be all peachy in the clubhouse, you know. Maybe they don't like me as much as they say they do. Maybe I don't like them as much as I thought I did. I think Super Bowl 50 was the turning point or the fracturing of that relationship. As they they really, you know, after that loss, Cam kind of does his thing and and somewhat pouts it up a little bit. And, And I think Carolina didn't help him with that. And I don't think they really helped with the backlash of that. And I think from that point on, and that's complete speculation, but I think between that and a lot of other things, uh, Cam Newton and Carolina were very, very, very estranged. So I think a new start in, in New England is good for Cam Newton. I think a new start for Bill Belichick is is a is proving ground. Uh, and, and I say that because his his the multitude of his success has come with Tom Brady as his quarterback. I don't think anybody would argue that point. I don't think anybody is arguing his greatness. But I do think this is proving ground 101 for Bill Belichick because he can sit here and say, listen, Tom left and we were still good. Or people are going to do the opposite. They're going to say, Tom left and y'all fell apart. What happened? And so I think the dynamic is real for both of these players. Uh, Cam Newton staring down the barrel of if, if he has a struggle right out of the gate, well, that's why Carolina cut him. That's why that's why he wasn't starter material in Carolina. That's why Teddy Bridgewater, the man with the the manufactured, you know, leg situation, is the quarterback in Carolina and not the former MVP, Super Bowl fifty participant, and NFC champion. So I think Cam Newton is in a precarious spot, but I think Bill Belichick is too, as as far as. You know, my my opinion is the system works. You look at Matt Castle, the money he's made based on that one year that, that Brady broke a leg. I think the system works. But some would argue, hey, Tom Brady was a lot of that success, and with him gone, the Patriots are going to be terrible. The Patriots are going to go back to being bad because, you know, Tom Brady was the Zelda of, of that generation. He was the missing link. You know, he, he could do it all. And and there's some really good points to that. Athletically, he was very good. He was very smart. Uh, he did what he needed to do, and he, and he had a rocket. He had a cannon on him. So there's some of those things you can't replace. There's some of those things you can't uh, replicate. But I think with Cam Newton, you, you get something that Tom Brady wasn't, a runner. You get something Tom Brady wasn't, a goal line threat. You get something that Tom Brady wasn't, obviously, a good personality. I'm not saying Tom Brady was a douchebag. I'm just saying Tom Brady is a is a pretty boy. Tom Brady is, is a guy who fixes his hair after every time he takes his helmet off. Tom Brady's a guy that, that you know, doesn't seem to have quirky side that, that wants to, to razz up practice. Now, granted, I, I've never been to a New England practice. I'm just saying, I'm just speaking from the hatred that comes with my uh, my Peyton Manning fanhood. But 
nonetheless, as I digress, um, I like the Cam Newton to, to Foxborough. I like Cam Newton being named the starter. I think that speaks to his work ethic and what he's done in a very short time. I mean, it's it's September the 4th. He's been literally part of the franchise less than two months, probably practiced 10, 15 times maybe as far as equivalent of a full practice, and he's your starter. So I don't know if that's a positive for Cam Newton or a negative for Jared Stidham and Brian Hoyer, but nonetheless, that that's the reality. And so we move forward from here. But uh, I think I think getting that kind of praise from Bill Belichick's huge. Uh, uh, he doesn't necessarily, uh, you know, kind of heap up uh, praise on a lot of people. I mean, he, he's won the number of Super Bowls he has because he had consistency, not because he had star power. I mean, you really look at it beyond Tom Brady. Uh, name another star that legitimately uh, had a ton of Super Bowls with him. You, you're not going to find it. You're not going to find it. The, the Randy Moss's answers, those are invalid. Those didn't count. Uh, you, you know, I'm trying to think of, of another all-star kind of player. Now, they're all-stars in Foxborough, dang near every one of them. But, I mean, you look at Danny Amendola. He went on, and, and he's just another receiver. Uh, you, you you look at Gronk, it's, it's to be seen what that's going to look like. But, uh, you know, can they rekindle it in, in Tampa Bay? That, that'll be a question mark. Uh, most of the running backs for New England are not normally uh, just uh, just household names. So uh, I think that's, that's not going to change any. But I like the dynamic that New England has. They have Cam Newton that can run and throw. Uh, they have Sonny Michelle in the backfield, James White, uh, that can do a lot of damage from the running back position. And then in the wide receiver crew, it's going to be by committee, not not a whole lot normal, not a whole lot different than what you normally see out of Bill Belichick's offense. But Cam Newton is the starter in New England, and um, you know, like I said, they push forward uh, for the start of the season that happens just a week from this Sunday. But another big big uh, happening yesterday, and it happened last night. I'm sitting at home, and I'm, I'm really wanting to see the Clippers, the Clippers Nuggets. I'm, I'm wanting to at least start that game. It was a late game, but nonetheless, wanted to watch it. I wanted to see if Kawhi kind of gained any rust. I uh, was ho- maybe hopefully optimistic that he had, but uh, he had not. 120-97 to 97 was that fin- final uh, in the late cap. But So I'm checking out the Celtics-Raptors. I'm like, well, let's see if Grant Williams is playing. And, and, and you know, to my, to my happiness – when I turned it on, he was. He was on the floor, got a really good rebound, pushed it on to the other end of the floor, and uh, and he was the dish and jam. Uh, he, he scored right there in, in front of me, kind of, in front of my TV. And, uh, you know, nonetheless, the Celtics were, were kind of cruising. They were right there, and I was like, man, this is going to be good. Celtics about to go up 3-0 uh, on the Raptors, the defending champions, and the uh, this thing might be getting a bow on it here in a couple of days. You know, this thing may be over. So, uh, the Raptors get a late, late uh, rebound, uh, basically uh, with about a half a second to go after the the last score by the Celtics. It's it's uh it's one oh three one oh one. Raptors with the with the basketball half second. Well, they take their timeout, which pushes it to front court, and I'm like, yeah, but still half a second. Time you get inbounded, turn and shoot. You just you're not going to be able to get it off. It's literally got to be a guy posting up, and they wouldn't let anybody just post up, or would they? 
you're watching, you're seeing they bring in Taco Fall for the for the inbounder. Uh, he's you know seven foot twelve. You know he's huge, and uh, he's sitting there and he's jumping, and you're like, oh yeah, man, they're gonna have to loft this thing so high. It, it it'll be surprised if they don't turn him over. Uh, and then Anunnabi over in the corner, chilling. They launch that thing over there. They hit him right in the chest. He literally catches, and he's already on his way up, releases the ball with about .2.1 clicks on the clock, and he drops a big-time three that that stuns the Celtics. 104-103 is the final in the bubble. Uh, Social distancing turned off for a second as the Raptors mob Anunnabi uh, in the in in the end cap at the baseline, and uh, Raptors get the victory, one hundred four to one hundred three. The question is, is how how do you let him get that open? You know, and I think Brad Stevens will will have nightmares about that play. Uh, if especially if anything happens and the Raptors come back and get the win, I think he I I think that's a career defining situation if they lose this series. I think it's a career defining uh, situation if they lose these playoffs. But I think especially this series, especially if, if the Raptors were to come back and even this thing up here in a couple days. But uh, Kyle Lowry had a good game, 31 points, six rebounds, eight assists. And Kimba Walker uh, was the, the man of the hour as he had delivered to, uh, to, to another Celtic to kind of cap what they thought was a victory as they went up 104-101. Or, one, yeah, 103 to 101. I'm sorry. He had 29 points, three rebounds, and three assists, one of those coming in the late seconds of this basketball game. But uh, that's why you play them. That's why you play till the echo of the whistle, and that's why every second counts, or maybe every tenth of a second counts, as, as the Raptors had very, very little chance of winning this basketball game with half a second to go. But as the clock hit zero, they were victorious. Uh, 104-103 Raptors win. And, uh, again, the nightcap saw the Clippers knock down the Nuggets 120-97. to Kawhi Leonard, 29 points, two rebounds, three assists. And for Denver, the leader was Paul Millsap, 13 points, nine rebounds, three steals. That's why you lose basketball games, when that is your leading scoring line. So, hey, that's NBA. That's Cam Newton. That's segment one right here on the Friday edition of The Grind. You're listening 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We're going to take a break, listen to these great sponsors, and we'll be back in just a minute. You don't want to miss it. we got high school football and uh, 22 days coming up. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 
or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Not satisfied with your current pest control service or looking to get that process started? Call Heath Barberry at Common Sense Pest Control, providing outstanding protection of your health and property while delivering exceptional customer service right here in Blount County. Available services include general pest, mosquito, and rodent control, as well as termite protection and much, much more. For personalized service, call Heath Barberry at 865-389-7412 or email info at commonsensepc.com. Again, phone number is 865-389-7412. Also, find them on Facebook at Common Sense Pest Control. And remember, if you want bugs dead, you've got to use Common Sense. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Pets crave a taste of the wild. Go ahead and give them one. Taste of the Wild dog and cat foods were created to give pets a premium pet food option inspired by what your dog or cat was meant to eat. In every formula, the first ingredient is from real meat, fish, or fowl. And at Rule King, the pet food price guarantee makes sure you'll always pay less. A 28-pound bag of Taste of the Wild is $43.99, only at your neighborhood Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blunt County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610. And let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media but if you say i don't like social media but i like podcasts we've got those too you can download the grind podcast on apple podcast and google play music directly from the website it's a one-stop shop for everything the grind check us out online thegrindonsports.com that's thegrindonsports.com we don't always promise to be perfect but we promise to give you our honest opinion This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of the Grind. Uh, as we as we switch gears to prep sports right now, we're going to jump to the to last night's matchups uh, in in high school football. As uh, rivalry Thursday saw Rockwood at Oliver Springs, Rockwood came in to the matchup 
at one and one or at one and zero, oh, uh, and, and they were hoping uh, to leave that thing at uh, at two and one. Cock County, uh, South Green, Locked Horns, Northview Academy, and Gatlinburg Pittman, and then out in Mid State, Bartlett and CPA. Uh, the games were pretty blown out, honestly. Uh, as as at the end of the night, GP had topped Northview Academy at home, thirty-seven to nothing. Uh, so really, no no uh, no real surprise there. Northview Academy one and two now in the season. Gallimer Pittman exits two and one. The uh, rivalry Thursday game was Rockwood at Oliver Springs, and uh, and of course Oliver Springs uh, did not get the home field advantage as Rockwood comes in, uh, scores a ton of points. And exits with a victory. Rockwood now two and one. Oliver Springs now zero and three. Thirty-five to eight, the final there in Oliver Springs. Uh, but but really, the game that that had some intrigue and had some some things to to, I guess, kind of go back and forth. Cog County and South Green, uh, Lockhorns up in Green County, and uh, as as seems like the first couple weeks of the season have been plagued with lightning delays. Um, uh, an hour and 15 minute lightning delay had the game didn't it didn't start until uh, right at uh, nine o'clock and uh, Cock County uh, really battled along it was zero zero at halftime I think it was seven to nothing Cock County at the end of three and then at the final buzzer it was 10 to seven South Green three and0 South Green Cock County now falls to one and two kind of a tough scenario as uh as late in the game, I think maybe I don't. I'm not sure what the what the score was. Uh, so Cock County is up seven to nothing. They they of course finally let South Green score. So it's seven to six. South Green's got to go for two. Uh, they're not interested in uh, in kicking a field goal nor uh, nor going to overtime. Um, so they get the extra point, eight to seven. Cock County with the football. All they got to do is come down and have an opportunity. Uh, for a field goal, and with their team, my understanding, they had an opportunity and had a leg that could do it. Uh, but somehow they started their own 15. The next update I get is is safety uh, performed by South Green, 10 to seven, and Cock County's kicking to them to finish this thing off. And 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 so I don't know what bad luck happened right there at the end of the game, but it's always tough uh, to have it just that close, a couple minutes away from winning, and then you lose. Uh, Ten to seven, but but again, South Green's rode the lightning a little bit. Uh, they're now three and zero on the season, and Cock County now sits at one and two after the loss. But uh, Cock County's a little battling football team, and I'll be interested to see how they necessarily roll through uh, what is the rest of their schedule. Uh, but you look at the Friday night games; uh, it's a different docket altogether. Seymour at Carter. Uh, Seymour's zero and two, and Carter is one and one. The season hasn't started much like the Seymour Eagles had hoped, uh, but after making a pretty big turnaround uh, late in 2019, they they wanted to take some momentum and and anticipate what 2020 could be. But Carter Carter uh, could easily be two and zero right now, but they currently sit at uh, at one and one. But the Hornets dropped a hard fought game in week number one to Ray County in overtime, but bounced back and got the the win over Campbell County. Uh, if they can beat uh, if if they can beat uh, you know Campbell County, they feel like they've got a good uh, good handle on Seymour. So I'm going to go with Carter uh, over Seymour. Uh, I think uh, I think 32 32 21 is is kind of a good good dynamic there. Uh, I, I'm not sure uh, that Seymour has really uh, had the the test 
that that Carter's shown, but at the same rate, um, uh, you never know. That's why you play them. But it's at Carter, so I'm going to go with the Hornets. Uh, Central at Sevier County. Both teams 2-0. and Something's got to give. Sevier County and their passing attack by quarterback Colin Shannon. And then the defense of the two-time defending state champs has a star linebacker in Caleb Fortner. And one of those is not going to have a dominant night. Uh, 2-0 and Central. 2-0 and Sevier County. It's at Sevier County. But I'm going to go with the Road Warriors. I'm going to go with the two-time defending state champs. And I'm going to go with that defense. Uh, give me Central. I don't know how big it's going to be, but give me the Bobcats. Uh, other games uh, around the area, again, going to talk about the Blunt County games at the tail. Uh, Chattanooga Central at Sequoia. Uh, I'm going to go with Chattanooga Central. Uh, Cherokee at Morristown East. I'm going to go with Cherokee. Morristown East is still building under first-year head coach. Um, Halls at Clinton. Uh, you pretty much picked the other team. I'm going to go with Halls uh, over Clinton. Coalfield at Harriman, give me Coalfield. Uh, Cosby at Cloudland, give me Cosby. Meigs County at Cumberland Gap, give me Meigs. Uh, Dobbins Bennett at Bearden. Uh, Bearden, this will be their opening weekend uh, as they, they close down weeks one and two uh, to due to COVID protocol or COVID uh, precaution. And um, they will open their season against DB. It will be at Bearden. I believe it will be at Bearden. So, uh, I don't know. Dobbins-Bennett's a tough football team, but they are unpredictable. I'm still going to go with Dobbins-Bennett, but I think Bearden uh, has a little bit of fun with it and uh, and, and makes it a little tough on DB. But I'm going to go with Dobbins-Bennett. South Doyle at Gibbs. Uh, Give me South Doyle. I think that one's going to probably be one of the closer games of the weekend. Uh, But give me – Give me Clark Duncan's boys. Give me South Doyle. Bradley Central comes to Heritage. Uh, Bradley Central is coined as one of the uh, one of the surprise teams in this region, and it's one of the teams that I think are going to be very good uh, the later the season progresses. Give me Bradley Central over Heritage. Uh, that will, if that happens, that will drop Heritage uh, to one and two on the season, and we will uh, we will again hope for the best uh, for the Mountaineers. Anderson County. At Hickson, uh, I'm going to go with the the Mavericks. I mean, they're they're a really good football team. They lost to Powell just a week ago, but I will tell you, this is a really good football team. They have a lot of pieces, a lot of dynamics, uh, and honestly, maybe that loss last week will will poise them uh, to get get on their winning ways. Alcoa heads to Scott County, uh, and I'll be honest with you, the thing that Scott County has a uh, Alcoa has a better chance of stopping Alcoa than Scott County. Uh, I feel like Alcoa will quit scoring when they feel like they're tired, and uh, I think the clock will continue to move in the second half. No stopping uh, that one there. Uh, Knox West at Carnes. I'm going to go with Knox West. The Rebels look good in their opener a week ago. A big-time win on Saturday. Uh, but uh, the Beavers uh, will try to uh, thwart some efforts there. I'm going to go with Knox West. Double-digit victory there for uh, Lamar Brown. Uh, Grace Christian, Lakeway Christian. Uh, Grace Christian's been doing it a lot longer, and they look really stout. The week two will be the second game in the history of Lakeway Christian, and I think it's the same as week number one. Give me uh, Grace Christian over Lakeway Christian. Uh, Loudon heads to Brainerd. Uh, Loudon's a really good football team. Uh, the Redskins will battle, and uh, Brainerd will try, but I think they get a 8-10 to 10 point victory uh, in that matchup. Loudon, give me Loudon over Brainerd. 
uh, Jefferson County at Morristown West. Jefferson County's got to get on the winning ways. Uh, they've got to get on track a little bit. I don't know that they do it against the Trojans. Uh, this used to be a big conference matchup. Uh, now not so much, but uh, lock it in. Patriots, Trojans, it's a, it's a border battle, if you will. Jefferson County needs to get a win. It's at Morristown West. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm actually going to go with Jefferson County over Morristown West. Oak Ridge at Campbell County. Give me the Wildcats as they, they struggle in week number two, but I think their their defense, that big linebacker that's getting a lot of looks right now from Division One, uh, I think they pull them through. I think it's about a 21-14 affair. Give me Oak Ridge. William Blunt at Ottawa. Uh, William Blunt uh, came and, and had them a week two matchup. Again, uh, a great job by their athletic director filling that void in week number two. But they get a matchup with Oliver Springs, get a win against Oliver Springs, and now they head to Ottawa to get back into conference play. Uh, I think this is going to be another one of the great um, tight matchups of the weekend, and I'm going to go with the Govs on the road over the Owls of Ottawa. Uh, give me the Governors. Uh, Powell heads to Fulton, uh, and I think Powell beats Fulton. Give me Powell over the, the Falcons, and I think it's uh, it's maybe two scores or more. Uh, Science Hill at Hardin Valley. Uh, give me the Hilltoppers over the Hawks. Saudi Daisy at Lenore City. Uh, I think that one's a tight football game, and not because it's a great two great teams, uh, because it's two teams that still have a lot to prove. Saudi Daisy, I give the win uh, over Lenore City. Uh, Sullivan South heads to Granger County. Granger County had a good hold on Pigeon Forge till late in that football game, and they let it get away. Uh, Sullivan South comes in a bigger school, but can Granger hold on? I'm going to go with the Grizz. Uh, over Sullivan South, and I think it's going to be a close one, but it's ball control is the key for Granger to win that football game. TKA at Franklin Grace. Uh, Give me the Kings Academy over basically anybody I've never heard of, so that counts in this one. Uh, And then CAK at White County. Uh, I'm going to go with CAK, and I'm going to say big over White County. Overall, I wouldn't use my picks uh, if you're if you're uh, using them for uh, sport, but I would say that uh, I, I have a I have a reason every time I make a pick. So if you have a question, you should ask me. Uh, but the final one we'll talk about is Maryville uh, at or Cleveland coming to Maryville um, tonight. Uh, we went to Cleveland a year ago. Tito Boyd showed us why he was a really great sophomore and how he could do some really nice things on the on the run game. Over 100 yards a year ago against Maryville, and Maryville graduated a ton of starters. So I think Tito Boyd, that offensive line, will be the biggest challenge uh, for the Rebels tonight. Uh, but at the same rate, I think the biggest challenge for Cleveland is being in Maryville, in Blount County, and having to look down the barrel of Parker McGill, Markel Fortenberry, Nick Daigle, and the emergence of Carson Jones. So I, I give the Red Rebels the the nod. Shocker, I know. Uh, but I think it's another one of those in the second half. That clock continues to tick. I like the way the 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 uh, the work ethic that I've talked to Coach Hunt about all week and, and how he said that the bye week was just another week for us. We continue to work hard to get Maryville better and then uh, we'll, we'll work on an opponent. So I think there's a lot of growth that, that happened over the bye week, uh, a 49-7 to win in week number one against William Blunt, and I think they had a lot to improve on. Coach, uh, Coach Hunt back at the helm after the birth of his third child, and now he looks to set his sights 
on Cleveland tonight. I, I go with Maryville huge, uh, and I think that's not a surprise to a lot of people. So that's the dynamic that I see uh, over the weekend, and uh, and I hope uh, for the best and safety and, and, and honestly good weather uh, for these kids because I know a lot of these rain delays, a lot of these, these lightning delays uh, just take a little steam out of the sails uh, for some of the uh, some of the groups that that have uh, have had the opportunity and had the problem uh, to uh, to uh, to do that. But uh, tonight, uh, don't want to don't want to miss giving the opportunity to plug both of our broadcasts uh, right here on WKVL. If you're an Alcoa Tornado or if you just love Blunt County sports, check out the Alcoa Tornadoes, the Scott Highlanders, right here. Pre-game, I think starts at at six forty-five or seven. Uh, Marty Millsaps, Heath Dunkel, Scott Dunkel on the call. Also, Trevor Dunkel's trivia. Uh, that's a that's a cool dynamic that they're doing this year. Uh, but check them out right here, WKVL. You can always also stream it at wkvl.com. And and then if you miss the game, uh, this is a new dynamic, and I want to make sure that everybody understands uh, the grindonsports.com. You know, we re uh, re air our our podcast or our our shows on podcast on SoundCloud. Uh, every day and so one thing that marty and i kind of came together on is why not put these football games on podcast so uh, if you miss the the football game and you want an opportunity to hear it again uh, go to the grindonsports.com that's the website for this show but we also have put uh, both alcoa and maryville football games on that podcast so you can hear it whenever wherever and however you feel like necessary. So go to the grindonsports.com, click on SoundCloud, and then find the title listed as Maryville versus whoever you're wanting to hear. So uh, again, a podcast option for WKVL, but on our sister station, WGAP, myself, Chris Hibbs, and Jude Ellison will be on the call tonight as the Red Rebels take on the Blue Raiders of Cleveland High School. Excited about being back at Jim Renfro Field, Skeeter Shield Stadium, and really uh, hopefully calling home another Red Rebel victory. But uh, it will also air uh, on WGAP 1400 and 105.9 FM and stream at WGAPradio.com. Uh, Same thing for the podcast. It will be uploaded as Maryville versus Cleveland 2020, and uh, you can check it anytime you want. It'll be uploaded by Saturday at lunch, and then uh, from there on uh, you can catch it. Again, go to thegrindonsports.com and uh, click on the SoundCloud link and find your team versus what week you want to listen to. So, again, Alcoa versus Cleveland will be this week for the Rebels, and Alcoa versus Scott County will be for the Tornadoes. But anyway, let's take our last break of the day. Listen to our fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to hybrid a little bit. Uh, We're going to talk a little bit of scores. We're going to talk a little bit of – of countdown and uh and we're gonna finish out what's been a wild week of sports right here on the grind but if if, you know if you want some good talk come on back you'll be glad you did
Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Are you looking to buy or sell a home in East Tennessee and want a realtor with the experience and integrity you deserve? Then call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates. The market is hot and interest rates are still the lowest they have ever been. Take advantage now by calling Tressa Lequire, 865-221-5610. That's 865-221-5610. With 10 years of experience in our local area, Tressa Lequire appreciates all Blount County manufacturing employees and will work to get you the best deal and experience possible. Call Tressa Lequire with Realty Executive Associates, 865-221-5610, and let Tressa take your real estate dreams from the kitchen table to the closing table. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blunt County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. 
Whitlock & Company Certified Public Accountants features accounting services for individuals and businesses. Serving Blount County for over 30 years, everything from income tax preparation services to personalized accounting plans for small businesses and large corporations with over 100 employees for a full range of accounting services, including payroll processing, bookkeeping, individual and business tax returns, compilation, review, and assurance services. It's Whitlock & Company, PC, 375 Fountain View Circle in Alcoa, Tennessee, 37701. Phone 865-984-1040 or 865-981-9638 or visit Whitlock & Company online at com. Have you heard about or seen the Grand's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grand from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is sports radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition. You know, I said a little bit of hodgepodge here to finish the day out, and uh, I won't let you down. Uh, Dabo Sweeney yesterday, you know, I'm a, I'm a Dabo fan. I like Dabo. Dabo Sweeney, the head coach at Clemson, uh, he, he, uh, he kind of ruffled a little bit yesterday, and I, I like it. David Hale, a ESPN staff writer, puts an article out that says Dabo Swinney uh, says the college football playoff shouldn't wait for Big Ten and Pac-12. As Big Ten Pac-12 talk about a potential later start, a, a, a round, um, maybe around a uh, Thanksgiving start to their season, Dabo Swinney said Thursday that he'd be thrilled to see the Big Ten and Pac-12 get back on the field uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, but the Clemson coach doesn't want to see the college football playoff wait for those leagues to play catch-up. Uh, the, Pla- the Pac-12 announced a new testing partnership Thursday with Commissioner Larry Scott saying that a planning group will look at numerous models for restarting football, including before the current January 1 um, memorandum for athletics. Earlier this week, there were rumblings of a possible November start for the Big Ten uh, after President Donald Trump intervened and offered assistance with testing uh, at, you know, basically maybe the, that was a financial gain uh, there for the Big Ten. But Sweeney said that all good progress, I don't know. Um, Sweeney said that all good progress, I'd love for them to play 
and, and testing is a great opportunity for everyone for sure, uh, he said, but he, he suggested that any plan to alter the current playoff model to account for late start uh, would be a tough sell. He said, we're ready to roll. Uh, he said, that would be something I wouldn't be in favor for. It'd be hard to start in November and then push the season into February. Uh, Clemson set to open an 11-game season September the 12th against Wake Forest. Uh, during a virtual news conference Thursday, Scott said uh, he has been in regular communication with Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren uh, in hopes of aligning a football restart that might include some version of postseason play. He said it would be awesome to have some of the traditional postseason opportunities the Pac-12 and Big Ten have enjoyed with each other. Uh, playoff cha- chairman Bill Hancock said earlier this week that there would be there has been no discussion about potential playoff games in the spring, and he said he would not be in favor of awarding split championships. A timeline that would unify a playoff, including all Power Five leagues, remain a long shot, even if Big Ten and Pac-12 were to jumpstart uh, the season later this fall. Uh, Stanford coach David Shaw echoed the sentiment that the leagues that shut down shouldn't go without a chance to win a title. It has to be factored in uh, that these two conferences in particular are major conferences and always deserve an opportunity to win a national championship when they play. Uh, We've all bought into the college football playoff, and by if by the end of the winter, if there's someone who has merit, they deserve recognition. I don't know that I agree with that. My opinion is everything's a choice. Everything, it's it's no different than, uh, I'm trying to put something to get, okay, so let's just say Randy Moss played a couple seasons for the Patriots. Randy Moss leaves. Randy Moss goes to wherever he goes. They win a, they, they win a Super Bowl. Well, that's not fair. I was on that team. I don't get a ring. What, what, what do you mean, Randy? You weren't on the team. You weren't on the bus. How do you get one? That's exactly what I say to the Pac-12 and Big Ten. You didn't get on the bus. You didn't get in line. You stopped. You quit. You sat down. This ain't horseshoes or hand grenades. Close don't get it. You know what? You can have the Rose Bowl. Big Ten, Pac-12 play in the Rose Bowl. Have the Rose Bowl. You can be the Rose Bowl champion. And that's that's my opinion. That's my opinion. And, and so from that, I you know I want want to be uh, optimistic about some things, uh, but at the same rate, um, you know I think uh, I, I think you really got to be uh, you know kind of I don't know. I, I think it's a it's a please everybody kind of situation in society. So I, I I'm. I'm nervous how this is going to shake out for the leagues that are willing to play right now, honestly, because I think they're going to cater to those who didn't. <laughs> my, my personal opinion, uh, I think they're going to do what they can to to make it fair, and I'm using air quotes because I feel like fair is good, but fair isn't always best. If that make if that doesn't make sense, hit me up. We'll talk about it. I can I have a full rundown, but not something I only have nine minutes to cover. Um, but I'm with Dabo. I think, you know what, we're ready to go. We're ready to play here in a couple weeks. You either hook in or you hook out, either way. Uh, and, and if you want to be a part of a championship, well, then let's kick off September the 12th, and we'll, we'll get to going. But 
you push much beyond January, and that's not fair to the other three. Uh, again, we can't we can't make exception for a few and sacrifice the many. So I, I'm I'm with Dabo. I think David Shaw makes a good point. I would argue that the Pac-12 hasn't been a relevant national title contender in, in maybe this century. So um, that's my my push on that one. Southern Cal hasn't been really good since the early 2000s. So. I mean, I, I'm going to argue that fact. Uh, Washington made an appearance, early exit. Oregon made an appearance, early exit. Uh, they've just they've been a a contender. Uh, well, maybe more of a pretender, but uh, they have nonetheless done a little bit of something, something, but not a lot of something, something. So to me, the Pac-12 has very little uh, room to grow. Honestly, outside of Ohio State, I don't know that the Big Ten have been you know just a just a dominant contender in this matchup. Just my opinion, and maybe that's that's SEC glasses, big orange glasses, whatever you want to call it. But nonetheless, I I don't see the uh, the dynamic that tells me uh, that we're losing a whole lot in the playoff. Play your season, get your champion, go to the Rose Bowl, call it a day. That's my opinion. But uh, I'm with Dabo. I say you you can't you can't wait on the few and sacrifice the many. So I'm I'm with you, Dabo. But uh, talking about 22 days. Until it's football time in Tennessee, we got to get that in. Uh, 22 is a heavy number. Um, Emmett Smith, NFL running back, great, wore the number 22. Elgin Baylor in the NBA uh, wore number 22. Uh, Emmett Smith is heralded at, in most as the best number 22 in history. Uh, he he wore uh, running back, played all but two of his 15 seasons uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, an eight-time Pro Bowler, won three Super Bowl championships and led the league in rushing three different times. Uh, Smith is the NFL's all-time leading rusher and holds the league record for the most career rushing yards, rushing touchdowns, and most 100-plus yard rushing games. Uh, Smith is a member of the Dallas Cowboys Ring of Honor and was the 28th greatest player of all time by NFL.com. He's also a Hall of Famer uh, listed in Canton. You look at the Hall of Fame numbers, he said, in his, uh, in his bio, he said it never ends. If you play the game to win one Super Bowl or two Super Bowls and then and then be satisfied, you're playing for the wrong reasons. No matter how much you win, you want to win more. And I think that's a competitive edge uh, that he carried to the football field. But uh, a University of Florida graduate at 5'9", 207, he stood taller than that when he put on the, the, uh, the, the Dallas Stars, selected by Dallas in the first round, 17th overall. In 1990, he won rushing crowns in 91, 92, 93, and 95. Led the NFL in rushing touchdowns three times. Uh, he he was big contributors in their three Super Bowl wins. Named first team All-Pro 92 through 95, so 92, 3, 4, and 5. In 93, he was the NFL's MVP and the MVP of Super Bowl 28. He had 11 straight 1,000-yard rushing seasons became the NFL's all-time rusher in 2002, and his total yardage and touchdowns, uh, 18,355 yards and 164 rushing touchdowns, and he also had 515 receptions. Uh, born 1969, Pensacola, Florida, uh, Hall of Famer uh, Emmett Smith. Uh, when you look at Tennessee, though, number 22 has not uh, shot away from good players uh, in, in Tennessee. Uh 
the basically the number has a long history. Most numbers dating back to the late 30s, uh, as that l- looked to be when people actually started rocking numbers. Uh, Charles Davis is one of the the notable number number 22s. Uh, he played defensive back for for Tennessee 83 to 86. Uh, was on uh, uh, Dallas on Dallas's team for some time, and then has had a great career in broadcasting, uh, both for for I think Fox, CBS. He's been on a lot of affiliates. Um, but all time number twenty two, Red Harp is number one at nineteen thirty seven. Johnny Butler, uh, thirty nine forty one. He has a, a infamous Johnny Butler run. If you don't know about it, you should uh, Google that. Uh, Junie Whitaker. Uh, 1942, Billy Carter, 1944, Ralph Chancey, 46 through 49, Tommy Jumper, 50-51, Frank McCroskey, uh, 52 and 3, Ralph Meeks, 1954, Vic Mickle, uh, 1956, Billy Smith, 1960, Jackie Cotton, 1964 and 5, Richmond Flowers, 66 and 67, Andy Bennett, 69-71, Ricky Townsend, barefooted kicker, 72 through 74, Marcus Starling, 75 and 6, Avery Huff, 78, 80, Charles Davis, 83 to 86, Floyd Miller, 88 through 91, Jesse Sanders, 93 through 95, Corey Terry, 97, 98, Anthony Sessions, 99 and 2000, Robert Bulware, 2002 through 2004, uh, Matt Gerdak, uh, 2002, LaMarcus Coker, first jersey I ever bought, 2006 and 2007, uh, and he promptly got kicked off the football team. David Harrington, 2009, Big Rod Wilkes, uh, he has a Chuck Norris-type mentality, 2008 through 2012, war number 22. Reggie June, uh, 2011 and 12, Malik Foreman, 2013-2014, uh, 2015 was Parker Henry, and Micah Abernathy wore it 2016 through 2018. So 22 has had a, a pretty significant impact. Uh, Elgin Baylor, Emmett Smith, and the likes of Charles Davis, Rod Wilkes, and uh, and and Micah Abernathy. Uh, Micah Abernathy was a great story. Him and Ralph David um, was a descendants of of the the Ralph Abernathy that that marched with Martin Luther King, and uh, so uh, great uh, history. And, uh, and great heritage uh, for number 22 at the University of Tennessee. So uh, 22 days until it's football time in Tennessee, we hope, and uh, hopefully 22 days until we can get back uh, to some level of normal and, and be happy with what uh, this football season will bring us, what normalcy uh, will look like hopefully uh, in the coming, coming weeks and months, and then closer and closer we get uh, to reality and hopefully closing uh, what's been a bad time and a bad look uh, for 2020. I'm trying to bring up the the current roster uh, to see who sits at number 22 currently. Jack Janzik and uh, Jalen McCullough. That's who I was looking for. Uh, defensive back, six foot 205, out of Ostel, Georgia, uh, by way of Hillgrove High School. And Jack Janzik, uh, son of of John Janzik, former defensive coordinator, uh, is a wide receiver listed six five two twenty, out of Knox Catholic. High school, but again, uh, tonight uh, all eyes go to the prep side of things. If you're wanting to listen to Alcoa, you can do it right here, WKVL uh, 100.9 FM, 8:50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. Marty Heath and Scott, 
uh, will be on the call. And then if you want some Red Rebels, if you need the Maryville and Cleveland game, uh, check it out on our sister station, WGAP 105.9 FM, 1400 AM, and streaming at WGAPradio.com. Myself, Jude Ellison, and Chris Hips will be on the call. Uh, you don't want to miss it pregame. Our coaches show will start at 6.30 pregame promptly to follow, and then live game action right there at 7.30. But, hey, um, also, if you missed the game, you want to catch it on podcast, go to thegrindonsports.com and click on SoundCloud link and find the game you're wanting to find. But, you know, as every week has come to a close, it's now leading up to football. So we're going to exit right now. Monday when we come back, we'll run through the weekend of scores and talk about what happens in the world of sports. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and, yes, grind on.